the nations has already been always been warring and fighting, but we know as Christians that the big war is a spiritual war that causes natural men to go to war with each other. And for us as Christians, we read the truths of the Scripture of how powerful God is and the promises He makes and how Jesus came and began to do healing for people physically and to do all kinds of miracles and raising people from the dead. And us as Christians, we battle when we pray for things and they don't happen or we pray for someone who's sick and they die and it comes against our faith. But we're to disregard those things and we're to keep believing what the Word says and keep praying for the things that God says He will do and if He doesn't do it, to not get disillusioned. I, we went to two conferences over the last couple of weeks, and on the, one of the last conferences we went to, Frank DiMaggio uh, came down from Portland and was speaking. And he talked about having um, birthmarks of faith. That we go through different things in our life that mark us, that we have gone against tragedy, we've gone against things that have afflicted and hurt us, but there's a mark on us. And it hasn't affected our faith because actually our faith in God has increased, because we've gotten through it, and God has come to our aid. And I really believe that God wants us to keep believing that we're part of a great kingdom, the kingdom of God. And that's the title of my message today, is the kingdom of God. The definition, just off the web, is a country, a state, a territory ruled by a king or a queen, a realm, a domain, a dominion, a country land, a nation, a state, a sovereign state, a province, a territory, an empire, a principality. There are many kingdoms, and each kingdom uh, can be experienced. We live in the kingdom of the United States. We live in the kingdom of the state of California. We are under the kingdom of San Benito County in the city of Hollister. And if you are working and you see the different things going on with different departments, you know and see the kingdoms that you're involved with on your job. As we used to work, we used to see that the kingdom of transportation was a kingdom that seemed to be against everyone else. Everyone else got better pay, got better treatment, and the kingdom of transportation where I worked was in opposition to all the other kingdoms. And we see the struggles that go on and the struggles around us, but we have to be reminded that we are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a kingdom above all kingdoms. It will outlast all kingdoms and will be the kingdom that Jesus comes to reign on, first on the earth and then for a thousand years here, and then it's going to be in eternity with him. And we don't even understand. It's a mystery what's going to happen, how, how we live with God for eternity. But I have to believe that what he started to gain a family and to build a faith in people that would come out from the dominion of Satan, the God of this world, and serve God through their lifelong on this earth, come to know God, to go into this kingdom where something great is going to happen for eternity. John the Baptist and the kingdom. Matthew, uh, in Matthew 11, there's some great things about the kingdom. Jesus had just gone through all the tests that Satan could throw at him, and he stood strong, and then he went out from there to begin to preach about the kingdom of God. And it says this about John in verse 7 of Matthew 11. Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? 
a reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment, soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it was written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. So up until the time, from the beginning of time, from Adam on, as God began to show himself in the world, there was no greater person or prophet. We think of Elijah, Elisha, Moses, all the people. There was no greater prophet, Jesus was saying, than that of John the Baptist. That he was the last of the great people before God revealed his kingdom into the world. God was doing things through the Jewish religion. He did signs, wonders, and miracles. He did things to show the world that there was a God. He gave Moses the law so that people would know the standard to have a relationship with God. And we all know that we couldn't keep it. But it was all the prerequisite of people understanding before Jesus would come. In Matthew 12, and then in Matthew, the next part of that verse, but he, John, who was the least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than John the Baptist. So we have to get this picture in our mind. We have to let our mind kind of get out of the way and let our heart kind of dwell on this. That even though John was this greatest from all the Old Testament, there was a, a change. And you know, last week, Dory got up and prophesied a reset, that there's a reset. And I don't know if many of you have been experienced that things are beginning to change. There's some things we, we can't even tell you yet because they involve other people, that there's been a change. There's been a dynamic answers to prayer that have been going on that are resetting. People are beginning to, beginning to experience more answers and more of the power of God in the change that they've been waiting for. And that's what's happened when the kingdom of God is in our life. We go through seasons and times that all of a sudden there's a reset. There's something that the kingdom of God is beginning to do that is incredible. We are living in the realm of the supernatural because of the kingdom of God and because we are residents and part of the kingdom of God and because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lives inside of our heart. But we are overwhelmed by the, the things in this world that, that come against us that defy our spiritual life and they come against our faith and that bring us to the fact that we consider ourselves not in the kingdom of God or we consider somehow the kingdom of God is not working for us right now. But can you see this was happening? God began to move. And probably if they could have seen something in the spiritual realm of what had begun to happen when, when John began to open his mouth and saying, the Messiah is coming. Get ready. Get baptized. Turn from your sins. One greater than I is coming. Can you imagine what began to happen? These people were spent their whole life in trying to make uh, food and uh, you know, work long hours. Anywhere they went, there was no Uber. There was nothing. It was the hoof. It was the sandal. It was the donkey or, or whatever. And they had to work to get anything. When they went to bed at night, they were tired. They could sleep on stone. They could sleep on the ground because they were so tired. But John began to say something, and out of their routine, people began to break out of the routine and go and be before John. Something began to move because God's power was moving on the earth. God was about to transition everything that had gone on because he was bringing his kingdom into a reality because Jesus was coming on the scene. So here we have all these people coming, probably not even wondering what they're doing. 
probably wondering, what? They probably were talking to each other. What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, going to hear this guy who's looking so weird. And man, if we find out he's eat, all he lives is on eating grasshoppers and eating honey. Who is this strange dude? I know none of us would want to go listen to someone like that. But they were drawn by the Spirit of God. I believe all heavens were I believe the armies of heaven were in the, in the atmosphere because God was about to do something he wanted to do. He wanted to get his son in here. He wanted to get the kingdom into our lives so that us, since that time, could experience the great power of God. I tell you, in our day and age, there are more things and more distractions that, that we face than those people back there didn't face. They could go and spend some time, a couple of days with Jesus, because there was something about Jesus pouring into them something that they had ever, never even dreamed was happening. God was coming, not only just out here, not through a few prophets, but God began to pour his spirit on people. Jesus was a revelation of God in the flesh, God coming to people that they might experience something different, that they might experience, even though they were under the kingdom of darkness, they were under the kingdom and rule of Rome, they were under the kingdom, Lord, of their heritage of being a Jew, but now the kingdom of God was coming inside of them. It was doing something deep inside of them that no one could take from them. I know your faith gets bombarded. I know your prayers get uh, tested and Satan does everything he can to throw something at you. But I tell you, there is something that God's building in you and it's a faith in him that no matter what you see or don't see, in fact, something begins to grow inside of you and you see and believe something bigger than the unanswered prayers because you dare to believe that God is going to do something that your eyes are telling you is not happening. That's faith. And that's the kingdom of God that's in your heart. God dwells in our heart through our faith in Jesus Christ. And it is our faith that's assaulted. So it's our faith that we have to keep freshing and getting strong and that we are in the kingdom of God. The realm of the supernatural is all around me. And I have to just keep thanking God. And I, and I think again that Cosmere would say about saying ugly praise. That when we want to doubt, when we want to say, yeah, you're not doing it, God, that something begins to happen in our life. Been reading this book. It's pretty old. It's about ten years or so, but it's about the Burnhams and, ha- and their their uh, journey you know, as captives of Osama bin Laden's uh, one of his terrorist groups in the Philippines. And I want to read uh, something that Gracia Martin Burnham's wife had written. <clears throat> as time went on, without proper sleep, my emotional state continued to deteriorate. She had already, they had already been running uh, from village house to village house, constantly on the run because the Filipino, police, the Filipino army was after these terrorists. And there was open gun battles almost every day, and they were always running. And they were all, obviously always had to duck themselves because the Filipino army, uh, even though they were trying to set the hostages free, they didn't hold back. They just opened fire whenever they saw the terrorists. And so they were in hazards for their life. They were starving. They couldn't take baths as often as they want. They had no privacy when they went to the bathroom. It was horrible conditions. So this is now 10 weeks, and Gracie has had it with God. So my emotional state had, dis- had deteriorated. It was our 10th week in captivity, and the time I had set, set my own mind for our release back on the speedboat. When they first got picked up on the speedboat, she had had in her mind that within 10 weeks, we're going to be back home with our family. Everything's going to be good. Worst case scenario, we'll spend the summer with these guys and be out in time for our kids to go back to school. I had told myself this. Now August was nearly here, and I could see no hope for progress. The feelings of despair were overwhelming. 
These are Christians. These were missionaries who had given up their whole life to serve God and to serve people who didn't know Jesus. And now they're ripped out of any kind of uh, normalcy and it seems like even no relevancy as a Christian. Why is God keeping in this place? I often find myself sitting on a rock by the river, staring at leaves caught between the rocks and the water. Whenever a leaf would break free and start floating down the river, I would be happy for that leaf. I just sit there and watch it, wishing I could go down the river with it and be free. In the constant rubble of the river, it was like I could hear Satan laughing at me, saying, you trust in the Lord, but you're still here. I found myself beginning to believe the lies of Satan. Sometimes Martin would come and sit with me by the river, and he'd say, I just hate to see you giving up your faith like this. Oh, I'm not giving up my faith, she said. I told him this often. I still believe that God made the world. He sent his son Jesus, and Jesus died for me. I haven't given up my faith. I'm just choosing not to believe the part about God loving me because God's not coming through for me. How often we feel like that ourselves. And this is an attack against our faith and against the power of the kingdom of God and the supernatural that it's still working. Even we feel like God is not loving me because he's not doing what I need him to do. It seems to me that either you believe it all or else you don't believe it all, was Martin's gentle reply. Music had always been part of my life. I sang softly to myself all the time. Now I find that I could not sing songs like I, I sing the mighty power of God and other majestic anthems. But I refuse to sing, Oh, love that will not let me go. I was really mad at God. After about three days of living with this torment, it was totally miserable. I was totally miserable. When I wasn't at the river crying, I was in the house crying. Finally, Martin learned not to say anything because he knew it was something that I had to work through for myself. One day I was sitting by the river and I thought about some other things Martin had said. I realized that my depression and anger against God weren't doing anything to make me make the situation any bearable. In fact, they were only making it worse for me as well as everyone around me. I knew that I had a choice. I could give in to my resentment and allow it to dig me into a deeper, deeper hole, both psychologically and emotionally, or I could choose to believe that God, what God's word says, that he would be true whether I felt it or I didn't. This was a turning point for me. It was as if, as if God were saying to me, if you're going to believe that I die for you, why not believe that I love you? Why don't you let me put my arms around you and love you? And I did. I simply gave in. I handed it all my pain and anger over to the Lord right then and there. I didn't have a Bible or anyone but Martin encouraging me. But from that day on, the Lord somehow let me know in my spirit that he was still faithful. It's a powerful testimony for us and whatever we're going through today, I'm thinking like, wow, what they went through. And man, thinking about what Casimir went through, has gone through this last year. I don't have it that bad. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. We are in a greater place than John the Baptist. We are in a greater place because we are now possessors of the kingdom of God. We now have the kingdom of God living inside of us. And in Matthew eleven twelve, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, 
the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Have you ever had to get violent and just say, you know what, I am not going to be in doubt. I'm not going to be in unbelief. I am not going to be passive anymore with God. I'm not going to be cooled off anymore. I'm going to be on fire. I'm going to love him with all my heart because he gave his all for me when he went to the cross for my sins. And I don't understand the situation. I I don't understand why prayers are not being answered, but I love you, Jesus. I see you dying on the cross for me. I see those wounds on your back that you were so beaten, like Isaiah said, beyond recognition, you were beaten for me. And I may not have what I want. I might not have what you've promised yet, but I believe in you. And you press into the confidence that God is your God, that you are part of the kingdom of God, and it's an everlasting kingdom. It's an overcoming kingdom. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus Christ, and the word of our testimony. And maybe you say, God, I need a fresh testimony. I need to see a new thing. God, work in me. God, forgive me for being angry at you. Forgive me for not believing that you're good. And God, I just ask for forgiveness. And I believe that you're going to be a God who keeps answering. And when I don't see my answers, I'm still going to praise you and I'm going to give you honor and glory because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And it's a God who never fails. His word never fails. But like we sang today, the evil one, whatever he's done, God's going to turn it for good. God's going to turn it for good. And it's horrible when we think that Satan bests us. But I tell you, forever and ever and ever and ever, he is going to suffer and be tormented in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and every Pain, every hurt, every wound, everything he's ever gotten over us or our families, he is going to suffer an eternity away from God and to suffer a punishment we cannot even imagine created for him because he rebelled against a loving and pure God. So we can get excited. We can keep possessing the kingdom that's ours, the freedom that's ours, the joy that's ours. We talked about joy just a few just a few weeks ago, that joy is ours in Jesus Christ. Joy is ours by the Holy Spirit. And we have to rise above everything that's trying to steal our joy because that's, again, the enemy. Because our joy in God is the strength that keeps us to get up and keep believing, keep doing the right things, to keep praying, keep making decisions, keep speaking to people. And Bruce Gessick, that thing you said about light is true. PGD may shut off our power, God's not going to shut off our power that gives us the light to shine and be who God causes us to be. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? People who are in sin, who, who tried to be good enough under the Mosaic law, could not do it. But Jesus is saying, I'm going to make you righteous. I'm going to make you pure that you can overcome. And so we, who were once sinners, but now saved by grace, we are those who get violent and possess the kingdom of God, that we get radical and we pray for the lost and the people who are unsaved. We pray for our families and those who don't know Jesus that they might come to know Jesus. We get violent before God by saying, Oh God, forgive their sins. Pour out your blood upon them. Let them claim you for the kingdom. Let them come into your kingdom. Let my enemies, those people that you have in your mind that you can name that have caused you hurt and wound, Jesus said we're supposed to love our enemies. Those are the ones he wants us to pray for. Those are the ones he wants us to forgive. Because as we love them, we're extending the kingdom of God and freedom from Satan and all the things that would cause them to do the things that they did to hurt us and other people, they can be forgiven of. They can walk and step out of and now walk in the kingdom of God and be citizens like us. 
and can go through the trials and tribulations and temptations that we go through to get further refined by the Holy Spirit and changed by the love of God. It was also said in Luke 16, 16, the law and prophets and the prophets were until John. And since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Again, the power of God's atmosphere, of the Holy Spirit atmosphere that surrounded the message of the gospel, the atmosphere that was permeated with the presence of God coming to a fallen world was drawing people and they were pressing into something that they didn't even understand. They couldn't see with their own eyes, but yet they could experience because they sensed their heart was awakened to something that no one on earth had really ever felt before, this overwhelming power of God that Jesus brought as he came into the world. In Luke 9:62, Jesus responded, Why do you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? When you turn your back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. How many times Satan has us looking back? Satan has us re- rehearsing all of our failures, all of our faults. We have to just let the fast be past and get up and look forward. Believe that you're forgiven. Believe that you're free. Satan has a way of using our feelings and our thoughts to make us feel separated from God. It's not true. We've been brought close by the blood of Jesus. We have access to the kingdom. We have access. We are heirs. We have authority on this earth. That's why Satan uses all he does to keep us. Because if we walked, like Bruce Gessick said, if we realized the light is in us, we'd walk just knowing the light is emanating from us, just knowing that the kingdom of God is coming out of us, that we bring the atmosphere around us because we are light bearers. We bear Jesus Christ. We bear the power of the Holy Spirit who can raise people from the dead. That's why, you know, Paul had, had his shadow was even touching people, or was it Peter, one of those, that even his shadow was bringing healing to people. He, they, those men were walking in a confidence of who they were in the kingdom. And we know it, their kingdom life wasn't easy. Many of the times they were thrown in prison, beaten. Uh, the Jewish people who didn't understand and rejected the Messiah were out to throw them in prison and uh, have them beaten and drive them out of their cities. But even though they went through those things, they still carried the powerful kingdom of God. We have to get a revelation in these days. Who knows what we're going to hear when we get before there because we have more knowledge and understanding about the Word of God. We have more of the Holy Spirit available than ever before that we can be living in the power of God, having the gifts of the Spirit so full in us that they're coming out through our lives to reach people. The kingdom of God is here, and He still is here. The spiritual realm of the authority of God Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Whatever term you see in the Bible, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, kingdom of the son of his love, it's all about God's kingdom. It's all about his rulership realm. There is no other kingdom. There is no other power. There is is no other uh, entity. It is the kingdom of God, the power of God. But it was here, and that was another thing that Jesus, when he began his ministry, there was no longer any doubt about God being on earth. 
He was now on earth. Once Jesus died, we know shortly after, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, who could be everywhere without any limitations because of human form, and that is who lives within us today, representing the kingdom and what God wants to do. The kingdom of God represents heaven and earth, and what's in heaven is supposed to come down into earth. But a lot of times our unbelief and doubt and the enemy is trying to hold our resources and everything. We get confused. Well, where, where are you, God? I'm praying and I don't see the answers. But it is our faith in Jesus Christ in the confidence that heaven is open to us that we keep believing even while we're waiting for what we're asking for. In Matthew 10, 17, Jesus tells his fathers, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How many were here before Target came? Anybody? Do you remember how we waited for Target? Yeah. We waited for Target. You ladies waited for Target. Us guys know it was called Target. We waited with anticipation. There was a waiting. There was a, there was a Holy Spirit atmosphere that was creating and generating this expectancy about the kingdom. And it finally showed up. It's that same thing. We don't have to relegate answers for tomorrow. We have to believe today it's happening. Today, God's working it out for us. Teaching the gospel of the kingdom. In Matthew 4.23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. Again, the kingdom of God means unlimited supernatural power and potential in us and around us. Every time we gather together, there's a magnification of the presence and power. When we open up the altars here in a few minutes, there's, there's a place you can get prayer for healing, prayer for finances, prayer for whatever it is that you are praying and contending for because the kingdom of God is moved by our prayers. In Matthew 4.24, Jesus' fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted, <coughs> excuse me, and afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those were, who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. The good news of the kingdom came with signs and wonders. It still is surrounded, and it's still accompanied by signs and wonders. When we come to the altar, we, we put ourselves in a place of openness to receive the Holy Spirit. When you come in, you begin to worship as we, we take those 15, 20 minutes and we're worshiping and singing songs. We're building and setting up an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to sit and dwell in, that the presence of God can come and minister to people's needs, spiritual needs, physical needs, emotional needs, healings of all kinds. Whatever we need, it is the Holy Spirit through the kingdom of God that's here to us that's going to and wants to work. The kingdom of God, where is it? He's in us. The kingdom of God is. He's in you, the believer. And Luke 17, 20 through 21. Now when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God and when it would come, he answered to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see, it's here, or see, it's there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And again, the moment we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart, the kingdom of God moves in. That's when we get uncomfortable because he rearranges stuff. He, sometimes he kicks stuff out that we've been hanging on to or doing. Don't get uncomfortable. Let him do his thing. Then you experience more of the power 
and the release and the feeling of that place that was just kind of counterfeit and didn't really do any good for us. The kingdom of God is in your midst. He's in the middle of your business. I was, me and Joe, I always get Joe here on Tuesday. We try to do something we need to do. We're up there checking the furnaces the other day and um, I'm cutting out. I was going to step on the ladder and my left leg goes all the way through the sheetrock and I'm up, all the way up. This hip is all the way up to the, down, the, down in the ceiling and this ladder, the la- I kicked the ladder over against the wall and Joe is trying to lift it. He goes, you're too heavy. He couldn't pick me up. And then, then Althea, she usually just comes in sometimes on Thursday, sometimes on Friday because she's going to school. All of a sudden, Althea comes walking down the hall and she leans the ladder up for me. I step on the ladder and I get out of the hole. I mean, simple things like that. I didn't get hurt. I did have modern jeans with a big tear in it, but it was in my rear end, you know. It was all the way down. And so, you know, it's humorous, but, you know, God takes care of us. You know, God is always doing things, but we go through things that we wish we didn't go through. I'm thinking, like, why now we have to fix the ceiling this week and paint it? You know, and it looks beautiful. You can't even tell there was a hole through it. But I'm thinking, like, God, come on. Do we really need this? Do I really need this this week? I guess we did. <laughs> Colossians um, 1.13, God has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love. So we have been delivered from the power of darkness. We've con- been conveyed out of it by the Holy Spirit and by what Jesus did, right? But we know Satan is always trying to get us. He's always trying to dig us. He's always trying to mess with us. How many would say, you know sometimes, you, if you could see, you know there's some little demon trying to mess with you. That's, he's still doing his thing, but he doesn't have the power over us like he used to. But by prayer, we appropriate the kingdom of God. In Luke 11:1, 1, now it came to pass as Jesus was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And I think it's okay for us to keep asking this prayer. God, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to talk to you. As we ask those questions, we learn in relationship. The more we communicate, the closer we get to someone. So the more you're learning through prayer, you're getting to know God. It, it gets us deeper in our spiritual connection with God, in our ability to love God and receive from Him. And when you get a few answers, you start realizing that it's just building a greater relationship with you and God. And yes, you're going to still have things that frustrate you and you're going to pray for and to get answers. But the bottom line, every time we have a need, it, it draws us into a relationship. It draws us into that place of we know where we can get answers. We know where we can get our help. I know I'm, I'm fighting the clock. There's a couple things I want to get to. Your kingdom, Luke 11, first part of the verse. This is kind of like our key verse. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's a little worship there. Your kingdom come. Every time you pray, and this is the daily prayer we are told to pray, we are to go to God in our daily prayer because we're to bring the kingdom of God into our life. Your kingdom come. Lord, bring your realm of the supernatural into my life. Every day when you pray, you have to include this part because as God, I'm honoring you. You bring your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Bring your kingdom into my life. Bring your kingdom into my reality. Bring your kingdom into my tests, my trials. Bring your kingdom into the opposition I'm facing. Bring your kingdom into the needs that I have, the physical needs, the emotional needs, the financial needs. 
You're bringing God's kingdom in. And when you pray that prayer, you're keeping opening the access point. You keep opening the windows of heaven and you're accessing them. When you don't see your needs and you quit praying, you're not extending, bring your kingdom into the world. Well, why do we have to pray that? Why do we have to pray that if the kingdom is already here? It's because we are agents. We are ambassadors. We are emissaries. We are living in this planet, on this planet. We're living in this life now. And because we're born again, the kingdom of God is attached to us. And so we have to continue to bring that kingdom in. So when we pray your kingdom come, we are connected with God, but we're bringing the kingdom into the reality of people's lives around us. And we're bringing it into the cause and effects of what Satan's trying to do us in this world. That's why we have our prayer chain. That's why we have our intercessors. We're praying your kingdom come. Come on, bring your supernatural into our life. Bring your supernatural into the places that we're praying for. There's people in this church we're praying for. We keep praying for Ryan. We prayed for him again in pre-service prayer. We're praying that he will have a deliverance from those headaches and that he'll there'll be a strong anointing. I was praying that he'd be able to come to the mic and start prophesying to us. Why not? Your kingdom come. Prayer appropriates, God, appropriates God's kingdom. Your prayer appropriates God's kingdom. Prayer brings God's heavenly kingdom into our natural life here on earth. Prayer brings the kingdom of God into action for us. When you pray, it speaks of bringing to our consciousness that heaven's powerful resources are available every time we pray. And again, it doesn't matter what we see or feel. It matters. I'm connecting with God. I'm making a, a, a request. I'm going online and I'm getting something from Amazon, and it may take a week or two, but it's coming. How many of us doubt when we order from Amazon that stuff is coming? No, we assume it's going to come. Why? Because it's happened before. God has heard us. Maybe you have to take one prayer that you know answered and lean on it. Say, thank you, God. You're a God who answers my prayer. Let your kingdom come now. Let your kingdom come in this moment. Maybe the people could come. We're going to pray for people. I want one more place I have to cover. Prayer for God's will. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So your will be done. Again, it's heaven to earth. Okay, Lord, bring your will to pass in this earth. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, bring your will to pass through my life. Bring your will to pass through my family, through my marriage, through my relatives, through the people around me. Let your kingdom come into action. Your will be done on earth. Your will. Open those heavens up, Lord. Inundate us with what you have for us. This is a key one. Deliver us daily from the evil one. Did you know this is a daily prayer? Do you pray to be delivered from the evil one every day? He's out there. He's always throwing stuff at us. We have to pray for every day, just like eating daily food. There's a daily activity of the Spirit that feeds the spiritual. And there's an enemy that's trying to block and come against your faith and my faith. So we have to pray to be delivered from the evil one. The final line of the daily prayer. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The Father in heaven prayer appropriates our victories, deliverance from the evil one, deliverance from every demonic power. Why? Because you're washed by the blood of Jesus. There's no cause and effect on you really from the enemy. He can impose things on us and make us feel like and cause us to draw back. But the bottom line is the blood of Jesus has separated you and put you in the kingdom. You're seated in heavenly places so you have access to to Call down heaven to put Satan in his place. Again, it says, don't worry. In Matthew 6, 34, Jesus said, Take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient until that day is the evil thereof. 
So if he's got you worried about tomorrow, you're taking tomorrow's evil that you don't even have the grace of God to deal with yet because it has to be dealt with today. You can only deal with today's evil today. But if he's got you worried about tomorrow, you're taking tomorrow's worries into today and it's going to mess you up. No, Lord, deliver us from the evil one. God, let us overcome.